Welcome to CruxCast. Whether you're in your car, at work, or at home, we hope you enjoy this interview. And if you do, you can find more like it on cruxinvestor.com. So please subscribe. We spoke earlier today to Tony Barese, who's the CEO of Questex Gold and Copper, DSXV listed project generator and explorer. And if you'd like our thoughts on that conversation and indeed the company itself, you can find that at cruxinvestor.com forward slash club where you can also find detailed company reports, uh, commentary from experts from around the world on a variety of commodities and companies. Uh, There are training videos on there. Also summaries of other interviews that we've done to save you a bit of time. Uh, There's also a thriving community of investors sharing their thoughts and ideas with each other. So do go along to cruxinvestor.com forward slash club and sign up. Tony, how are you doing, sir? I'm great, thanks, Matthew. Well, thanks for joining us. We're going to hear about uh, Questex Gold today. Um, but first of all, where are you? Where in the world am I talking to? I'm in Nova Scotia on the east coast of Canada. Beautiful. Nice. My part. home office. Nice. Oh, that's your home office. Wow. That's a big bit of kit you got behind your left shoulder. What, what, what is that? It looks like a microscope. Yeah, that's a petrographic microscope. Uh, we use it to... Uh, identify the kinds of things that um, you know are vectors into gold systems fantastic i'm liking that i'm not my school had one about maybe a tenth of the size of that that's that's the kind of school i went to hey well look tony um, thanks thanks for joining us i appreciate you coming on to tell us the story um so why don't you kick off give us a one minute overview of the business then i'll pick it up from there thanks matthew and you know it's a real pleasure to get a chance to connect with crux investor So Questex Gold and Copper uh, is a junior exploration company with a focus on finding gold and copper deposits. We have a strategy of accumulating top tier early and mid-stage exploration projects. So far, we have six top tier exploration projects in two different jurisdictions. British Columbia, Canada, and Yukon, Canada, both of which are top, are considered top-tier jurisdictions globally. Uh, and we plan to advance those properties uh, by uh, having a top technical team as well as management team that are able to unlock the potential in those properties, the exploration potential, and then market them to uh, major mining companies in order to uh, you know, monetize the, those, the value in those properties. Fantastic. Thank you very much. Well, look, you, you joined um, Questex uh, Gold, formerly known as Colorado Resources. You must have done your homework before you joined. What were you thinking? <laughs> so Colorado Resources is a company that was well-known, uh, a well-known British Columbia and Yukon explorer. Uh, and it was, it was founded by uh, a couple of guys uh, early in 2010, who had a tremendous amount of experience in BC and, and Yukon, and they accumulated this incredible property portfolio. And it really became uh, a, a well-known company in 2012 uh, when they made a major discovery of a new porphyry copper gold uh, system uh, that they called North Rock. Uh, and that caused a huge staking rush. The share price of the company went from around 10 cents up to $2. Uh, and it 
it was it was a, a great discovery and we still have that property in our in our portfolio um, in around 2017 uh, there were some major upheavals with with management and some some pretty down and dirty uh, infighting within the company and because of that the company was not able to um, was not able to uh, obtain the value that they should have based on their properties because there was problems with with management um, and you know over the over the last couple of years the company's been trying to come come out of that uh, that glut and and we believe that we've come out of it now um, I joined Colorado because of the properties because of the newly assembled management team because of the newly assembled technical team we've put the sins of the past behind us and we're ready to bring value to shareholders based on this incredible property portfolio which has been so neglected over the last couple of years you know there's not many opportunities out there like Questex right now because we're a company that has not been able to catch the rising tide because of sins of the past, but we're primed to catch that tide right now. So we believe that we're vastly undervalued based on our portfolio of properties and our potential to unlock that. Right. Okay. Thank you very much. Okay. Sins of the past. How many of the previous team who were caught up in this tussle are still here? None of the previous team. We have all new management, all new technical team, a revitalized board of directors. And, you know, that was really part of the condition for me to join the company. And, you know, we need a fresh start for this company. And so we've revitalized everything. We have a new brand, a new name. We've done a 10 to one share rollback, which is really significant because it gives us the ability to raise the capital now that we need to explore this incredible portfolio of properties. And we, you know, it's a tabula rasa, it's a blank slate and we're ready to go. It's, it's kind of blank slate, except you've kind of got the overhang of a lot of shareholders who are out of pocket. So, but I appreciate you've you've walked in here, you've made some quick changes. Okay, you've done that. You've done the rollback. I think that's sensible. I think the name change to kind of give it a new lease of life and not to deal with the legacy uh, perceptions in the market. You know, all, all good stuff. And I imagine there's a few more conditions that you've thrown in there as well. So, you know. Can you tell us a little bit about, you know, what was the conversation with the board, with the team before you walked in? What did what did you need to see to be able to say, hey, I'll take this job? I needed to see a willingness to start over. I needed to see that there was not a legacy that we couldn't get past and that all of the steps either had been made or are being, were able to be made that would take us past these sins of the past into a situation where we really could focus on exploration on the properties and monetizing those properties, getting some good value for shareholders for them. 
Okay, so like you've started to give some clues there, but for example, existing shareholders, they've got to buy into something. Um, they've got to buy into your ability to deliver growth, uh, as you're, uh, you're describing. So let's talk about you. Where have you come from? What's your experience? What have you done? Sure. So uh, I came from a company uh, called Triumph Gold Corp. Um, I started with Triumph Gold Corp in uh, 2015. When the share price of the company was four cents, they hadn't done any exploration on their properties for a number of years. Um, I identified new exploration potential on their flagship property in Yukon, uh, and that led to an investment by Goldcorp, bought 19.9% of the company for um, over $6 million. Uh, and we deployed that capital, making some major discoveries on the property, some of the longest and best uh, gold and copper intersections in the world over a couple of years. Uh, and that led to the share price rising from $0.04 cents to a high of over $0.80. Cents. Uh, so that's sort of my most recent success in the industry, and uh, I'm excited to bring that kind of success to uh, Questex's portfolio of properties. Um, prior to that, I was involved. I have uh, about 17 years of experience in the uh, in the exploration sector. I was very involved in a number of joint ventures between junior exploration companies and major mining companies. So I know how to navigate both worlds and the relationship between the two of them. Uh, and my educational background is I have a PhD in geology. Uh, the uh, subject of my thesis was actually... Um, mineralization or the cause of mineralization uh, in the Golden Triangle, basically, in British Columbia. Uh, so I, I spent a lot of time looking at uh, what the real vectors into or causes of mineralization in that area are. Uh, and, uh, and, you know, I've really spent my career in the Golden Triangle. Okay, bit of success there. So people should be quietly confident. Are you, is it literally a cookie cutter approach for you? Same again? Yeah, you know, I think the important thing uh, about uh, mineral exploration is to be able to identify uh, previously unidentified potential. Uh, it's, it's one thing, and really just about anyone can go and see uh, a mineral system that, that is open to the north or the south or whatever and, and drill that potential. Um, that's simple exploration. That's low-hanging fruit. There's not much of that out there. Uh, most of that has been done. Uh, it's, it's identifying systems that were previously uh, not explored uh, according to modern or, or sometimes alternative uh, exploration or geological models. Uh, that can, it's that creativity that can really unlock potential where it had not previously been unlocked. Um, and that's one of the things that, that I specialize in. It's what we did at, at Triumph. Uh, and we have a really strong technical team at, at Questex now who are uh, able to do that same style of work. Uh, and, you know, there's no property out there that hasn't been picked over a couple of times by, um, by geologists uh, and explorers. It's a matter of being able to bring something new to those properties. Uh, and that's what we're endeavoring to do on, on this, this really top tier portfolio of properties that we have. Okay, so you started to outline the business plan. 
And you've given us some clues about what the strategy is to deliver that. But so if you don't mind, can we just talk about some of the assets? Because again, existing shareholders will be focused on one or two of the current assets. What's your approach going to be? Sure. So, you know, we have six top tier exploration properties. Really, we have 10 properties, all of which are any one of our properties could make a company. Um, we, we have 10 of these properties and six of them are incredible properties. Um, right now, one of our most uh, well-known properties is, is the Castle property. Uh, it's located in the Red Crisp District of Northern British Columbia in the northern tip of the Golden Triangle. It's an incredible district. It has one of Canada's newest mines, the Red Crisp Mine. Uh, the Red Crisp was just mostly bought out by Newcrest Mining. $800 million for about 70% of that deposit. And Newcrest is consolidating the district. They just bought property from Skeena Resources for $9 million. They're actively exploring with a bunch of drills. And that's not the only thing going on in that district. This is also where GT Gold has made their incredible Saddle North discovery, which they just put out a nearly billion ton resource for uh, a couple of months ago. Uh, and also their Saddle South discovery. Our castle property is in the midst of that district. We have one of the largest land packages in that district, and it's adjacent to and a long strike of what GT Gold is discovering at their Saddle North and Saddle South properties or discoveries. So those two discoveries are related to a suite of intrusions or granites that have come up to high crustal level. And that's part of a belt of intrusions that's 10 kilometers long. They only have about three and a half kilometers of that belt. And the other six and a half kilometers of that belt is on our ground. They have hundreds of drill holes that have tested their side of the belt, whereas we only have about 25 drill holes in total, all of which have hit mineralization that's similar to what they have on their side of, of the claim boundary. So this is a really exciting exploration opportunity. This is the low hanging fruit that I was talking about before. This is not a complicated exploration concept. Actually, it's simply that we know this string of intrusions is well endowed with mineral systems that are potentially economic, we need to test it with drilling. Okay, you're getting excited about Castle. I think your current shareholders are probably excited about Rock North uh, because that's what they've been used to hearing messages about. So what, how are you tackling all six of the, the, the ones that you want to focus on? Because you haven't got a lot of money. So what's the plan? Yeah, so you know, we, right now we have uh, about about two and a half million dollars uh, in the treasury, uh, and um, about a million and a half of that is is hard dollars. So you know we're in the enviable situation. So explain so explain that breakdown for me. Sorry, you said a million and a half is hard dollars, but you've got two and a half million in the treasury. How's it breakdown? That's down? right. So we have we have about a million dollars of flow through money, which is earmarked for uh, not just earmarked for it must be spent on exploration. Uh, whereas the other million and a half is hard dollars. That's money that we can spend on whatever we want, uh, keeping the lights on in the office, that sort of thing, if we have to. Of course, we want to spend as much as possible on exploration. That's the bread and butter of what we're, what we're doing. Uh, so 
you know, we're in the enviable situation where we don't have to worry about keeping the lights on. We're able to do an exploration program. Uh, but, you know, we have this huge, huge portfolio of properties and we're not going to be able to explore it for a million dollars. Um, in the upcoming months, we'll be doing a large financing. We're going to raise five to seven million dollars. Uh, we may bring on a partner to explore one or two of our properties as well, uh, where we maintain exposure to the upside of, um, of the exploration, uh, but share some of the risk uh, with a major exploration or mining company. And all of that is uh, to the end of being able to do a, an aggressive, geologically justified, scientifically based exploration drill program on at least three of our properties, while also advancing some of our pipeline projects uh, with geophysics, geological mapping, and other kinds of background work. Again, you're going to need to break that down for me because you're going to, you're going to target three. Do you know which three? Uh, we have four properties that we'd like to do exploration on next year. Uh, so that's our castle property, which I was just talking about. Our KSP property, which is in the heart of the Golden Triangle. Uh, and um, I can talk more about the KSP property. I'm super excited about it. Um, our Sophia property, which is in the Tutagon district, another really hot district in British Columbia. And our Coke property, which is in southern British Columbia, and it's uh, in an area that's really hot right now. It's within a kilometer of Kodiak Copper's uh, MPD property, uh, where they've just made a massive hit and raised about nine, eight or nine million dollars, with tech being the main uh, contributor to that financing. Uh, so that district is really hot, and we believe that we have one of the, the best and most analogous uh, mineral systems to what they've discovered on their property, on our Coke property. So we're pretty excited about that. I think you sound really excited technically, right? And I guess the share, existing shareholders and anyone coming into this want to know how they're going to make money. So again, even with you know five, seven million bucks, um, raise coming up, I mean, any side of, are you going to be able to raise that at a higher price than today's share price was sitting at, you know, 55? As it, well, I think it's about yeah, 25, so, yeah, know, 55 today. So how do you manage all of this? You know, we have a plan. Uh, right now, we're in a situation that it's basically results season. And all of our peers that have properties in the Tudogon district and the Golden Triangle, they're all putting out their drill results. And that's something that we're not doing. We were unable to do a drill program this year. Uh, and so we don't, we don't have that near-term catalyst for, uh, for um, maintaining a high share price. All of all, many investors are interested in the short-term catalysts. Very soon, though, results season will be over, and when results season is over, the main catalyst for share price value is going to be exploration opportunity and companies announcing what their programs are going to be. 
And when that happens, we will be on a level playing field with our peers. You know, we just did a $1.7 million financing. Uh, we did it at market price, uh, which is pretty uncommon at, at this current time. It was oversubscribed. It wasn't difficult to raise that $1.7 million. We could have raised significantly more than we did. And, and we didn't because we didn't want it to be overlay, overly dilutive to our shareholders. We're waiting until this period of time when we can be on a level playing field with our peers. So once results season is over, we're gonna get out there, we're gonna talk about our properties, we're gonna talk about our new team, we're gonna show the new brand, and we're going to have a budgeted plan that has three or four real opportunities for new exciting discoveries. And when we get those ideas out there, we believe that we'll be valued with, an, we'll come into alignment with our peers, we'll have a higher share price. And at that point we will do a financing for five to $7 million. It will be less dilutive than what we're at than with our current share price. And we'll be able to hit the ground running with our big plans. Okay. I mean, you're also coming up to tax loss season as well. I think that's something that needs to be factored into the thinking um, as well. But, you know, hopes and dreams are one thing, but I, I would love to understand the, dis the discussion that went on with you and the board saying, we've got all of these assets. We've got, well, 10 targets, but six of them quite good. I want to spend money on three to four of them versus honing in on something which you seem to like, which is castle and saying, well, let's, try and prove up something substantial there and we'll come back to the others later. I mean, how do you go, how do you pick one route versus the other? Because again, it's not an even five million bucks isn't a lot of money, you know, when you get to the point that you can raise that, do you know what I mean? So what, what was that conversation like? Uh, you know, it's a, it was a pretty simple conversation and I can tell you why. You know, coming with the legacy that, that we have, uh, you know, shareholders have been disappointed in the past by, by Colorado, uh, our predecessor company. And we want to make sure that after raising a significant amount of money from our shareholders, that we deliver a success. And exploration is an inherently risky business. You know, if Castle was a sure thing, Right now, our market cap would be the same as GT Golds, uh, or maybe even as high as you know some of the miners. Everybody knows that even the areas with the best mineral potential, it's not until you put the, the drill bit in the ground that you know there's something there. And we recognize that. And so rather than have the risk of raising a bunch of money and disappointing our, our investors because it just didn't work out despite our best efforts. We're testing four, three or four of our absolute top tier opportunities here. We're dividing our efforts so that we're able to provide a larger margin of success or a larger um, uh, opportunity for success. And um, yeah, so so that's why why we're dividing it between 
four separate, three or four separate targets, um, just so that we can can give our, our shareholders a, a better opportunity to uh, benefit from potential successes. And, you know, let's say we take that five to $7 million and we deploy a million or a million and a half on Castle. And that's the only property that we end up making a big hit on. Sure, we'll wish that we'd put all the money onto Castle, but there's still plenty. The next year we'll be able to, on the back of that success, do a less dilutive financing at a higher price and really hit the ground running and deploy a bunch of capital into what we then know would be the best target, potentially Castle. Okay, okay. So potentially a million and a half there, maybe. Um, how much are you going to be spending at Rock North? Uh, we are not conducting any exploration on the North Rock property. The North Rock property is our most advanced property. We have a resource there, over a million ounces of gold in the ground. Uh, the North Rock property was explored in 2017 when we uh, did follow-up drilling to the 2012 discovery. And at that time, we uh, conducted a number of deeper drill holes underneath the resource area. Uh, and we discovered a continuation of the mineralization to depth. Uh, that really needs to be incorporated into the uh, current resource model uh, so that we can, can better evaluate the geometry and the size of this mineral resource. There's potentially good things coming just from that, that resource work. Um, but one of the things about North Rock is that it's, it's uh, within Tall Ten, traditional, Tall Ten First Nation traditional territory. Uh, and further to that is actually within uh, a few kilometers of one of, um, one of the local communities. Uh, and so, you know, that drilling in 2017, the consultation that probably should have been done with that local community was not done. Uh, and we're going through the process now of doing the good community relations and consultation that ought to be done when you're doing exploration, you know, within traditional territory of any First Nation, but especially when you're very close to one of their communities. Um, and that's a process. It's a process that we're dedicated to, that we're very respectful of. Uh, and as part of that process, we're not doing any work on North Rock until the process has led us to the point where we can do that reputably and with the consent of the local community. Could you be doing any work there or have they stopped you from doing work there? Uh, they have not stopped us from doing work there. Uh, we would, I, I'm not sure what would happen if we applied for, for a permit to do work there. Uh, but we're, we're not applying for a permit to do work there because out of, out of respect for the process that we're currently going through. Right. Okay. Let's, so let's talk about, okay, you will let the market know what the three or four property targets that you're going to be allocating money to once you've done the raise at some point in the future. Okay. All of the early days, um, you're trying to assess what you've got. I, I, I get it. Can you talk to me about the partner component? You said we would look also to bring a partner or partners into one or more of the projects because you've got a lot of options available to you. So um, is that a com are those conversations which are on, uh, ongoing or is it something that you would look to initiate as the new president and director? 
Yeah. So, you know, I have a lot of history working with uh, major mining companies. Uh, at Triumph Gold, I was I uh, staked a property that was open ground. We called it the Andalusite Peak property. Uh, conducted a couple of years of exploration on it, and then uh, joint ventured that property to Rio Tinto. It was Rio Tinto's very first entry into British Columbia. Um, I've also been involved in joint ventures with Itoshu Corp out of Japan, uh, with uh, Freeport McMullerin, uh, and have uh, lots of connections with a number of other uh, major mining companies. Uh, so when, when I became president of Questex, uh, one of the interesting things that happened was I had all of these connections from the other major mining companies calling me up and saying, holy cow, you have you know one of the largest and most neglected uh, portfolio of properties out there. Uh, let's talk. Um, so yes, I've been talking to uh, technical and corporate development teams from uh, a number of major uh, mining companies they recognize our top tier portfolio of properties, always have, uh, and as, as have I, um, which is part of the reason why I'm here. The thing is, is that, you know, you, you would think that you might be able to get the value for a property in a joint venture that is um, what the actual value of a property. But the fact of the matter is, it's largely based on your company's market cap. Um, just regardless of what you know, the partner might think the value of the property itself is. So, you know, we're really waiting before we pull the trigger on any kind of joint venture until we bring our market cap into alignment with our peers. We'll be able to get a better deal on any property at that point. Um, but, you know, some of our properties are in really hot districts. And so you look at our castle property, for instance, Newcrest is trying to consolidate the district. Newmont is involved in the district through their investment in uh, GT Gold. And they're also um, one of our largest shareholders. Uh, and they've also, um, they're in a joint venture for the Glore Creek project, which isn't too far away. So the majors are interested in this district. They're getting in, they're competing for it. Uh, and, you know, in the past, the Castle property had also been part of a joint venture with uh, Freeport McMullerin uh, and before that tech. So it's, you know, really within the radar of, of a number of majors. That's the kind of property that you know, when you're in a district where people are competing for good ground, you can actually get, you know, a really good deal for a joint venture. So you said they recognize the value of it, but based on what data? Based on historic data, because Castle was owned once by tech. I mean, what do they know today? What do you know today to be allowed to have those kind of conversations? Yeah. So, you know, the exploration opportunity on Castle is is really a very simple opportunity. If you look in the Red Crest district at what has led to success at the various deposits, the Red Crest mine, it's always been the same. It's deep drilling. Okay, so like the Red Crest mine, for instance, it's been that showing has been known since about the 1950s. And it was owned by a whole bunch of different companies. Some of those companies actually let that property drop 
They just let their claims lapse. And that's because near surface, the mineralization at Redcrest is basically low grade and it's a small footprint. And in the 2000s, Imperial Metals went in there and they drilled some deep holes that were deeper than a kilometer long and they made huge like kilometer long intersections with really high grade cores at depth. Now, the reason Newcrest Mining has come in is because Newcrest Mining is a global expert in having bulk tonnage mines that are underground and deep. So going underneath the open pit and doing underground mining of large amounts of material. And that's something that they, they're, they're well known for doing. So they've come in now and they're doing deep drilling throughout the region on all of their property. And they're making more huge high-grade intersections starting at depths like six or 700 meters depth. And that's the stuff they're looking to mine. Now, if you look at the other areas where there's deposits in the region, they're all related to the same age rock as, as uh, at Redcrest, and they're all deep. GT Gold, Saddle North deposit, most of the high-grade mineralization there is deep. Our own North Rock deposit, most of the mineralization there that's high-grade is deeper than 200 meters depth. Now, if you follow the trend of the mineralization from GT Gold's property, the Toga property, onto our Castle property, that trend does cross the boundary. We have a large proportion of these late Triassic intrusions on our property, more in fact than they have on theirs. And they've never been tested to a deep level. So if you look at, for instance, GT Gold Saddle North deposit near surface, it's basically pretty low grade. And it has a specific style of alteration associated with it that is a vector into the higher grade mineralization at depth. On our property, we have that same style of, of alteration and the same low-grade mineralization at surface and near surface, and there's not been a single deep drill hole on the property. So the, all of the majors look at that and they say, holy cow, look, there's a simple test here. All we need to do is do some deep drilling where the alteration vectors are saying we ought to do deep drilling. And the path to success here is very clear. It's already worked at Saddle North. It's already worked at Red Chris. But it's not enough for you to bet the house on, right? You're, not, you're in no uh, position to bet the house. You said that earlier yourself. So, so let's come back to your plan of how to move this company forward. You know, let's, let's, I don't want to talk about hopes and dreams. I want to talk about, you know, how do you change the fortunes of this, this company? So it's clear that you're going to set up some of these assets to bring partners in or to sell on. Uh, but you're not you're never going to be developing or mining these things. So can you just talk to me about the, the sorts of monies that you're going to need to bring in over the next, well, however long period? Because five, seven million bucks, that gets you so far. Then what? Is it do we do we keep diluting, building that share count up? I mean, how do you bring the cash in? How do you bring the value in? How did where's the growth actually from? Right. Okay. So First of all, um, I'd just like to go back to your point about, you know, not betting the house on Castle. Um, and, you know, 
we're really in a very enviable situation. Many companies would only have one top tier asset like Castle, and they would have no choice but to bet the farm on that asset. Um, we're in the in the situation where we don't have to do that. We can do the, the the best test we can of Castle and the best test we can of a number of other top tier assets. Um, and so, you know, why wouldn't we? Uh, it gives us a better chance of of bringing value to our shareholders. It gives us a better opportunity to raise our share price and do a less dilutive financing to fund the next stage of our operation. And so if you look at, for instance, the success that uh, GT Gold has had, uh, one of the things that they've been able to do is on the backs of successive discoveries and advancement of those discoveries, they've been able to do a whole bunch of large finances at top of uh, their share price peaks. Very low di financings that were not very dilutive uh, for them. Uh, and really that's, that's what our early stage model right now is. We want to make inter drill intersections that are basically going to be high grade new discoveries that the market will get excited about. Like when GT Gold discovered Saddle North or Saddle South or Kodiak's new discovery. And on the backs of those discoveries, we will do large finances, financings that allow us to do the exploration that's justified to follow up on those discoveries, but also to advance our other properties as well. The ones that haven't yet created or had those discoveries, but that we believe can. Ultimately, uh, we're not miners, we're not developers. Uh, we will advance properties to the point where we have one or more major mining company that is interested in making bids for those properties and or for our company. We're also open to the idea of uh, spin codes. Uh, we have a number of different uh, ways that we may be able to monetize the values, uh, the value of values of our properties. Okay. Fantastic, fantastic. So what would you say to existing shareholders? It wasn't me. It was those guys up there. There's a brand new start. Genuinely let us, give us the leeway to prove our strategy to you. Is that it? That's basically it. But you know, you, you need three things to really make one of these companies work. You need a portfolio of properties that has a lot of potential and that you're able to market. You need to have a technical team with a lot of geological acumen, creativity, ability to unlock potential that had not already, that has not already been discovered or unlocked in these properties. We have that team, we have that portfolio of properties. And the third thing that you need is a senior management team that's able to get those ideas across to investors so that you can actually have an appreciation of your share price when there ought to be one based on the discoveries that are made. And also so that you can be able to monetize the value of those properties through mergers and acquisitions, through your relationship with potential 
uh, companies that may buy you out. Uh, and, and we have that as well. Uh, I have a strong relationship with the major, with most of the major mining companies. And our CEO, Joe Mullen, is a Harvard-educated former Goldman Sachs banker, strong roots uh, in the U.S., Brazil, Portugal. Uh, he's, uh, he's brought a lot to this company and has, has done a great job of negotiating a couple of, couple of things uh, on the sidelines so far. And we're excited to see what's going to happen when we uh, have his, his expertise deployed onto, uh, onto some of the bigger deals that we hope to see in the future. What like like what sort of deals? Because I mean, the fourth bet is money, right? So you're saying if you have those three things, you can get the money that you need, and if you can get the money that you need, Joe can work some magic. Uh, you know what we're really looking at is uh, when, when we end up with potential property purchase agreements, joint ventures, uh, setting up spincos, uh, acquiring potentially acquiring other companies that have properties. Uh, that sort of thing. These are the kinds of deals that Joe is very savvy at, at dealing with. First, you've got to do your job. You've got to, you've got to deliver the magic under the ground. Um, so, well, look, um, Tony, thanks very much for that run through. It, new beginnings, early days, but you've got a plan and you've got some assets and you've got a team. So it's all good. Um, you should stay in touch. Let us know how you're getting on with things. Uh, obviously, say, so, so funny time of year, this, um, perhaps in the new year, level playing field. Uh, we shall see how you get on. Thank you. Thanks, Matthew. It's been a real pleasure having a chance to connect with you and Crux Investor. Thank you for listening. If you've enjoyed the interview, why not subscribe to Cruxcast or our website, cruxinvestor.com, and of course, our YouTube channel, Crux Investor. Plus, you can catch us most days on Twitter and LinkedIn. We really love getting your feedback, so please keep it coming, and we'll speak to you again soon.